Welcome to the Steel Games Podcast episode 3. This week, I think you can already guess what we're talking about. Everybody is Sarah Marcus are joining. But there is a lot to talk about regarding that subject. Well, of course, we're going to talk about how much Portugal will be doing and stuff like that. Something else. It's not as depressing, depressing as the main subject. We're also going to be talking about AEW Revolution and the American Chamber because they both happen. But the main subject of this podcast, as you can probably guess, is coronavirus and its effect on sport and how sport's been affected and what's happened and what went down with it all and where things are going. We're also going to be talking. How much WrestleMania has changed recently? It's gone from still happening to not happening to happening again to happening in a performance center to now happening in a performance center for two days. But WrestleMania has changed more than a goat. <laughs> Producing me. <laughs> and also, well, it's not going to be a performance in the game, it's really weird stuff. Really weird stuff, I don't want to repeat my record. It's going to be raw, which is weird. It was weird. It was too hard. Common? Oh, we have one match. It's one live match. Ah, every time it's actually got a star, but you know, I don't want to put it out. We're going to go through every sport that has been affected by the and we're just going to see what the future is. What will happen to things like SummerSlam? Welcome to the Steel Games Podcast Coronavirus Special! Just before we get into the main subject of this, I want to talk about something a little bit more lighthearted. The intro and outro songs I use for this podcast are The Sims 4 Discover University theme, which is what I use during the intro. And during the outro, I use Sims 4 Cats and Dogs theme. So, just in case you were ever curious about what I use for intro and for outro, it is the intro is the Sims 4 Discover University, and the outro is the Sims 4 Cats and Dogs.
swiftly and quite smoothly into Wrestlemania 36 and where Wrestlemania 36 has gone because in about two weeks Wrestlemania has gone through about 50 million changes Wrestlemania went from being live in a stadium full of people then it went to live in the stadium filled with no people. Then it went to live at the performance centre in front of nobody. And then it went to pre-recorded at the performance centre in front of nobody. <laughs> it's been a pretty, pretty wacky thing over the past like week or so. It's been very much like crazy. WWE did not know what to do. They have been panicking like through most of WrestleMania. It's been quite a big thing. Because it was like, it started off as going live, but then Donald Trump put a travel ban in on all of Europe. Or it started out as everywhere in Europe, apart from Turkey and the UK. And then about two days later, the travel ban expanded to Turkey and the UK. So... People from the UK and Turkey couldn't realistically travel. And then stuff came around of like gatherings of more than 50 people was banned. And WrestleMania was going to have an average crowd of about anything between 90 and over 100,000. If there's something. That 50 limit then went down the way to a Average of 10 person limits each one gathering more than 10 people. And now most countries are on lockdown. And also, there is now a new thing for coronavirus things that you can't be within like 5 meters of someone. And usually in WrestleMania, you'll be sitting like a meter, like a meter or someone could be sitting in a chair right next to them. <laughs> so, <laughs> WrestleMania this year has gone through many, many changes. It went from being live in a giant stadium in front of people, live in a giant stadium in front of nobody, live at a performance centre in front of nobody, to then pre-recorded at a performance centre. And the only reason WrestleMania is pre-recorded is because the mayor of Florida wants to shut the entirety of Florida down. So really, they had no choice because the date WrestleMania was planned to be, all of Florida would have been shut, including the WWE Performance Center where WrestleMania is. And it's just a big thing when you think about it and how coronavirus has massively affected us. Because for the first time ever, not only is WrestleMania not going to be live, it's not going to be in front of anyone. Which is just going to feel really weird. Like, even Drew McIntyre said it in a tweet. He said it's going to feel really weird. He's going to beat Brock Lesnar for the Universal title. And he's going to celebrate another proof 
اکبر اومده میشه و من انسان ها اصخابه گنجی نه کم روزی بود اصلا رافی هایدن it's just going to feel weird and it will feel weird and what will make it feel even weirder it is at the performance center and the performance center can't really have pyro in there I don't think we can have pyro in the performance center I don't think we can have pyro in the performance center also what's going to be weird about it as well is because it's the performance center you can't go mad with stages because you're limited to space maybe you could put a giant screen on or no 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 maybe you could put a giant screen on everything and make it like some matches are in space or something <laughs> like some matches they are in space some matches when you step an entire thing works with like a natural crowd there maybe I don't know I don't know what you could do but you'd have to do something maybe because it's a little weird being in a performance the way it is seeing the empty chairs you, you kind of want to do something so that you cannot see the empty chairs whenever you pan the camera around to look at certain stuff that's just something i feel like you need to do and jerry lawler also did put out something said it would be too strange and too weird not to have a crowd so what jerry lawler suggested we should get like a 10 hour like clapping sound you get like a 10 hour clapping sound or 10 hour crowd sound off of youtube or something or you pre-record a crowd, crowd clapping and cheering and then you could just play that for a speaker sitting inside the performance center just to make it less weird it would still be really weird because it would be like endless or someone or maybe someone could be controlling it i don't know but i just think it's going to be so weird like it's been weird recently seeing the likes of nxt and smackdown and raw and all these kind of shows emanating from the performance center in front of nobody but like that raw match between Rey Mysterio and Andrade that happened last that happened last Monday Rey Mysterio hit a frog splash from the top rope and the weirdest part about it is he hit his frog splash from the top rope but it was just this dead silence the only thing I got off to hit the frog splash was Byron Saxton going frog splash it was just weird it really was just weird it was weird it was strange and it made no sense like it was just like because i you know your mind was thinking there should be a reaction to this and there wasn't it was just weird and it's going to be weird to see wrestlemania without a crowd it's also going to be weird to see wrestlemania without pyro because that's one of the things that wrestlemania is great for you know like pyro oh that makes a wrestlemania entrance you know you can go crazy with your pyro and make a great WrestleMania entrance with pyro and lights and all that kind of stuff. You can maybe go crazy with the lights front, but certainly not on the pyro front. You can't go mad on it because I don't know what they're going to do. I literally couldn't tell you what WWE is going to do with WrestleMania this year. It's a very, very, very weird thing to be asking. And it's a very uneasy question. Like, where are they going to be going with WrestleMania? What can they do? Can they go crazy with stages? Are they allowed to do pyro? Like what are the performance center limitations? Like I don't know what the performance center limitations are. The only thing I know about WrestleMania this year it is going to be the weirdest WrestleMania we've ever had in all of WrestleManias. And I did see something floating around for a while 
that there was a plan to move WrestleMania to SummerSlam weekend and have a big wrestling weekend so you can have like the Hall of Fame which has been moved to SummerSlam weekend you could have had like the Hall of Fame and then you could have had WrestleMania and then SummerSlam or SummerSlam and Mania it would have just been a bit better and it might have actually been in front of a crowd because hopefully by then the coronavirus stuff will have been dealt with but now we're just getting in front of nobody, pre-recorded, and it's going to be too, too strange. And also, I don't think I've actually mentioned this yet. It's also over two nights, Saturday and Sunday, because they're branding it as, it's now being branded as too big for one night. I don't know if it is too big for one night, or if WWE are thinking, well, we can't really have eight hours of an empty arena. Because like three hours of raw in an empty arena is tedious enough. So we can't really have like eight hours of WrestleMania in an empty arena. I don't know. I've not been told by anyone at WWE. They haven't even mentioned it once as to why it's moved to two nights. All we know is it's two nights of WrestleMania and they're branding it as two nights of WrestleMania because it's too big for one night. Whatever that means. Like, are we trying to imply that eight hours is too big for one night? I mean, it probably is, to be honest. Eight solid hours of having this wrestling show in front of nobody would just be weird. It really, really would just be weird. What's also going to be weird? Is Edge versus Randy Orton in a last man standing match. And we both know that Edge and Randy Orton are going to go mental. They're going to go mad. They're going to go crazy. They're going to go absolutely crazy. But there's going to be nobody to react to it. Like they'll be jumping off the thing and diving onto each other and smashing each other's chairs. And the only people reacting to it are going to be the commentary team. It's going to be really, really weird this year. Really. Really, really weird. But I guess it's just something to live with. It's something that we kind of expected from the WrestleMania future for months. For quite a number of months. was very uncertain. Whether it actually went ahead in the first place or not. Due to the coronavirus. Also, they haven't currently made up their minds yet. And it's not 100% official. But I don't think... Currently, as of current rumour state, it might not be Goldberg versus Roman Reigns. It might be Goldberg versus somebody else. And the reason it might be Goldberg versus somebody else is because WWE are, you know, they're taking things safely with Roman Reigns. Like, they don't want Roman to be in, like, large groups of people because, obviously, Roman Reigns is vulnerable because Roman Reigns has had leukemia and beaten leukemia twice. So WWE and Vince McMahon are taking things a little bit on the sceptical side of Roman, whether they put him in a match or not. All the other matches are still planned to go ahead, that's the only one that's kind of like, a bit like, whoa, a bit like, whoa, you know, is this the thing we can do? And also, John Cena versus The Fiend, is, I don't know if it's true or not, but there's rumours floating around that the Fiend's going to beat Cena, which would just make sense. And then Cena would go, okay. But it wasn't really the first time I bet for him and bet him at Mania. He's ready now. 
I'm retiring. Bye bye. That's just rumours are flying around. That, that's literally rumours are flying around right now. I don't know if it's true, but it's certainly rumours that are floating around the internet through this. I guess we'll just have to wait and see come Mania. When it's not live from the performance center. I believe actually it's getting pre-recorded this Wednesday and this Thursday, I think. I believe that's something that is happening, it's getting recorded this Wednesday and this Thursday. I think that's what it is. I think it's this Wednesday and this Thursday for Saturday, April 2nd and Sunday, April 3rd, I think. Don't quote me on it, but I think that's when it's getting done. For the pre-record would be this this week for that weekend. Which is gonna be really weird to say. Like I do reactions to all like pay-per-views on Twitch and stuff or for play games and stuff. And it's gonna be really weird like sitting there going WrestleMania night one and WrestleMania night two. That's gonna be really weird. Incredibly, incredibly weird. But if you are interested to see me react to WrestleMania, Night 1 and WrestleMania Night 2, whilst we play some video games, then you can go over and follow my Twitch channel. That is twitch.tv twitch forward slash steelgaming2341. That is twitch.tv forward slash steelgaming2341 if you're interested to watch me reacting to WrestleMania Night 1. And WrestleMania Night 2 was playing some games. What games we play yet? I don't know. We'll just wait and see. Near the time. But yeah. That's just been weird, isn't it? Watching WrestleMania that's not live. And also watching WrestleMania on a Saturday. Like, that's going to be really weird. It's going to be weird because, like, I have seen WrestleMania on a Saturday before from like the network and stuff. Like the network and stuff. I've seen like WrestleMania's on the network and stuff on a Saturday, but those haven't been like new Mania, those have been like older ones. Like I've seen Mania 1, I've watched that one recently on a Saturday. But that's different. That's not like a new Mania, this is like new. And on the subject of the network, until further notice, the WWE network is 100% free. You can watch whatever you want on the WWE Network without paying any money. You don't need to pay any money. Every single part of the WWE Network is free. So if you've been sitting there thinking, oh, I really want to watch WrestleMania 28, where I've seen John Cena and The Rock fight for the first time before they've done it a year later at Mania 29. Like, I really want to watch that. I've never seen that match before, or that WrestleMania. Or you're thinking, I really want to watch that WrestleMania with Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock having their last ever match together. You can. You can go in there and you can watch whatever you want. The entire network is free. Until further notice, due to coronavirus, because a lot of countries are locked down. So Vince just thought, clearly Vince just thought, let's make it free everybody. Which is just weird to think that, to be honest. It's really weird to think that Vince is thought that, considering Vince is like weird money hierarchy, just like, money, money, I love money, give me all the money. And now he's made WWE Network free. Until further notice.
And that's every single part of the network is free. Now, if you want to check out anything old school WWE, maybe even just new WWE, like you can watch last year's WrestleMania again, if you want to do so before the network is no longer free. Just before I get into every other news about wrestling events that have been cancelled and sporting events that have been cancelled due to coronavirus, I want to do something a little bit more lighthearted and talk about Fortnite and its update recently, where it added in helicopters and spy games. Spy games is what I want to talk about first. I don't know what to make of that. I really don't. It's strange and also interesting. The first week we had this weird sort of Team Rumble-esque thing, which was interesting. This week we've got squad versus squad matches. So it's like, there's like four rounds, there's four rounds, and it's like you could either do it with your own squad or just a squad of randoms and the goal is to try and win the round of 16, quarterfinals, semi-finals and then the finals. I'm kind of enjoying that. The only thing is I'm gaining intel and I'm unlocking new stuff that I can use later on in Spy Games. But apart from that I don't really know what the point to it is. Like is this some sort of relevance to the season or is it just an extra fun thing for this season, I'm not entirely sure. Really, to be honest, what that is, whether it's an extra little thing for this season, whether it's storyline related or just something fun, I don't know. What I will say, however, helicopters, I know what they are, and they're very nice. They're very, very nice, because unlike the planes, the planes are a bit broken, aren't they? Like, helicopters, they don't go too quickly, the boost doesn't last too long. The driver can't shoot out of them, which is very, very nice. Helicopters are very, very cool. And I really, really like helicopters. I really do. Helicopters are great. Really, 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 really are great. And on the subject of Fortnite as well, before I should previously mention this, there is one thing about Fortnite I don't understand. Because week one we got Brutus challenges, like the first week of Fortnite. That was like Brutus challenges. You unlocked a certain amount of them, complete like eight of them, and you got either a ghost or a shadow form for Brutus by completing another challenge. But so far we've had, on top of that, we've had Meowthals and Tientina. But those have been two weeks worth of challenges as opposed to one. Brutus was one week's worth of challenges. Tientina and Meowthals have been two weeks worth of challenges. So you have to complete 18 challenges to unlock a new style variant. Of either Ghost or Shadow for Tientina and Meowthals. I don't really get that. Like, why was Brutus one week but Tientina and Meowthals have been two weeks? No idea why that's a thing, but it is! One of the things I do with this podcast is I don't record it all in one go. I'll record bits of it, 
I never might go and do something, like go and eat dinner or something, and then come back and do it, but I don't know all in one go, because I find it easier not to. But whilst I was away, eating food and stuff, earlier on in the podcast, during the what's going on across WrestleMania 36 discussion part, I said that Roman Reigns might not be going to WrestleMania. Well, I got two Facebook notifications for a wrestling group I'm in, and basically the two posts shared there. It is confirmed that Roman Reigns is not in the main event against Goldberg. He has pulled out of that due to coronavirus health concerns, because he might get it, so he's not. So he's no longer in that. And Alistair Black was supposed to have a match against Bobby Lashley, but Bobby Lashley's pulled out of that match. So that's two matches that already ain't happening. We will just have to wait and see what actually else happens between now and Mania, who else pulls out of matches. But as a current standpoint, Roman Reigns versus Goldberg is off. What they're putting in the place of that, I don't know. And then Alistair Black versus Bobby Lashley is also off. So that's two matches that are off, but don't we know you mean are still going ahead with WrestleMania, it seems. The show must go on, as Queen would tell you. Next up on the list, I want to talk about what other wrestling companies are doing for coronavirus outside of WWE. Of course, it's known that WWE are doing shows in the Performance Center. And they're not great shows, they're alright, but they are doing the best that they can do with their abilities. AEW, on the other hand, very much consistently good shows. Very good, very consistent. It was, they've been doing them in empty arenas, and the first week we've done it in an empty arena, Cody MJF came out for a bit and then wandered off because he's in a grumpy mood or something, I don't know. And Kenny Omega all came out and they basically said that these are times like nobody's ever seen before. Nobody's seen times like these before. These are unprecedented times, unprecedented states, unprecedented measures. And all they're going to do every single week, until they can't do so no more, the entire AEW roster is on the same page. They're going to come out here... Bring the fight, bring their A-game, and about 199% more to entertain every single person watching during these incredibly, incredibly hard times. And so Cody said it in his promo a few weeks ago. He said um, when it all started, this was actually a promo with all of Carlisle Portugal and stuff. It's when it started. And Cody basically said, you know, this is happening, this is real. It's a thing that exists and we've got to adapt to it. And the way we're adapting is, yes, there's going to be no crowds in the arena, but we're still going to put on the greatest matches, greatest shows, and every AEW show, until further notice, is going to be 100% dedicated to fun, entertainment, and making sure that you guys have the best 
possible time you could ever have watching the show. Because that's what we're here to do. We're here to entertain you. We're here to make you forget about everything that's going on. And that's what I have done. They've been entertaining us all. Now, admittedly, AEW did cancel their planned Blood and Guts event. Tony Khan cancelled that and said, uh, the reason they cancelled... The reason they cancelled AEW Blood and Guts is he felt like AEW Blood and Guts match, which is their way of getting around the copyright claim from WWE because they've called it Blood and Guts as opposed to War Games. But they've cancelled that to further notice because Tony Khan said you can't really have that style of match in an empty arena. That match needs a crowd. That match just needs a crowd. So... You will be getting an EW Blood and Cuts match. We're just not 100% sure when that is yet. We're just not 100% sure when that is yet. And Tony Khan has also said that any AEW wrestler that doesn't want to come in and wrestle or doesn't want to do travel from their homes to their show they're not moving the shows every week the shows are staying in the same place but Tony Khan basically if you don't want to travel to the same arena every single week and you don't want to come in or whatever that's fine take the time off because these are times you know unprecedented times I don't want any of my roster to catch the coronavirus but Tony Khan has basically given the AEW roster if they want it time off from TV. And let me tell you something else as well. No amount of coronavirus is going to stop AEW from entertaining people. Because in one night, we had the debut of Brody, Vincent, Lee, McMahon. Yeah, it's basically Brody Lee, formerly known as Luke Harper in WWE. Came out dressed in a suit, was eating a plate of food and talking like Vince McMahon. <laughs> it was the weirdest thing, but also the greatest thing. And we've also had Matt Hardy debut as well. So, AEW, they aren't short of surprises. And I will admit the Matt Hardy debut, it was surprising, not gonna lie. But on a subject to that, I can actually tell you why Matt Hardy debuted in AEW. Matt Hardy on the Talk is Jericho podcast, a much better podcast than this, much better, by Chris Jericho. He had Matt Hardy on there and he asked Matt Hardy why he joined the AEW roster. Because I've known you for years. He's like, what have you joined AEW for? And Matt Hardy's answer was Vince McMahon. He basically said in the Talk of Jericho podcast, if Triple H was in charge, he probably would have stayed in WWE. But because Vince was in charge, he left. He was talking about his whole woken gimmick thing, which was like them trying to get the rights to broken off of AEW, but AEW was, not AEW, sorry. Impact, but Impact were like, we still own that, and you can't have it. So they ended up just going around where you can walk and stuff like that. But as Matt Hardy said in a Talk is Jericho podcast, all of that was Triple H. All of it was Triple H. 
Vince McMahon had no involvement in the whole Woken stuff. He just eventually went, yeah, right, whatever, do it. But he had no involvement in the lawsuit between WWE and Impact. He had no involvement in anything. Mahali literally said it was all Triple H that got this out in there. Vince didn't want that. Vince just wanted Hardy Boy Tag Team Reunion. There you go. That's it. He said Vince, he, as he said, he, as he mentioned, he said Vince really isn't a character person. But if you wanted character work, you'd go to Triple H. You know, his exact words were, and I quote, If Triple H ran WWE as opposed to Vince McMahon, the company would be a whole lot more successful. There wouldn't be declining viewership. In fact, there would be viewership on the up because Triple H listens to the talent. If they want to do a specific thing, you let them. Like the whole Woken thing. I suggested it, Triple H. And he went ahead and tried to get the lawsuit over from AEW to do broken stuff. They weren't having it. Why do I keep saying AEW? Impact. Lawsuit from Impact. They weren't having it. They didn't want it. So instead, Triple H got ready for Woken. So I'm not 100% sure, but I also believe that the Fiend Bray Wyatt was also Triple H's idea. The heel turn of Bailey was Triple H's idea. He thought it would be quite a nice thing to see because Bailey had often always said she wanted to be a heel. He said Seth Rollins' recent heel turn. He said that was Vince, I think. He said he's not entirely sure whether that was Vince or whether that was. He said he thinks that might have been Triple H. But Triple H, with his character, as Matt Hardy said, Triple H with character work is very good. And if Triple H was running WWE, it would be a lot more successful and a lot better. And you wouldn't have declining viewership, you'd have viewership going up because it would be more entertaining, more exciting and more fun. And I genuinely would have stayed if Triple H was running the show. But because Triple H wasn't running the show, I left. And now I've joined AEW. Which is a very interesting point that Mahali brought up. He's only left because Triple H was running the show. It's like, he's only left because... Like, the show's not run by Triple H. If it was run by Triple H, he wouldn't have left to go to AEW. He would have stayed in WWE. And Brody Lee was also a talking show. He didn't go into too much detail. He just sort of said he asked to leave because he wasn't getting any opportunities. He wasn't being used. And Jericho had asked him, like, do you think you got any opportunities if someone else was running the company? He said, maybe, he never said Triple H was him, he says, maybe, he goes, Vince didn't really use me. Vince didn't see me as anything, Vince just seen me as some guy that would just occasionally appear and maybe win the tag titles or something like that. It's like, that's all Vince saw me for, I was never a singles competitor, I was never anything like that to Vince. I was just the tag team guy that would win the tag team titles every so often. And then when I got injured, Vince would have nothing for me for months and then when I was like, able to return. So I just decided, no, you know what? F this, I'm out of here. Because the exact words were, his words for leaving, 
or different to Mahadi's. He said he basically felt like he's been underutilized. Like when he got injured, he's been cleared to wrestle again for like three, four months before Vince had a storyline for him. When he was Luke Harper, like Luke Harper got cleared to wrestle when he didn't have anything to do for like three months because Vince had no storyline for him. And then the storyline Vince had for him was to win the tag titles for like a few days and then lose them. Yeah, no storyline for him again. He said the reason he left was because he just felt underutilized and he, didn't, he knows he can do a lot more than what he was getting offered. But Vince didn't see him like that. But just Vince, he didn't see him like that. And it's a sad thing. But I really, but I really do hope that he succeeds very well in AEW. Moving on now, New Japan Pro Wrestling have cancelled the two-day event, New Japan Cup, due to the coronavirus outbreak in Japan. So that is not happening this year. You will not be getting the New Japan Cup. New Japan Pro Wrestling have said, however, that they're going to an even bigger New Japan Cup next year to make up for the fact there is no New Japan Cup this year. NWA Power, the very, very, very talented indie show that's going on that you can watch every week on YouTube, that you could watch every single week on YouTube if you haven't seen it before. Just go on to YouTube and search NWA Power. Their roster is vast, talented, and they are making very good shows every single week. But they have announced that until further notice, NWA Power shows have been cancelled. Ring of Honor had a, I cannot remember the name of it, but a planned event with Impact Wrestling. Two of them were going to combine together and make their own mini show. That has been cancelled. They've said they might reschedule it if they can. And also, I forgot to mention this during the AEW's expert, what they've done during coronavirus. The second annual All In hasn't yet been cancelled. It's half been cancelled, but Tony Khan's like, it's not happening on the day that it was supposed to happen, but we might try and reschedule it for later in the year. And if we can't, we'll just do an even bigger one next year. Do an even bigger all-in. Go mad, go crazy next year. The UK indie show, I can't remember. Progress Wrestling, there you go. Progress Wrestling had a event in Tampa, Florida. WrestleMania week. They have announced that that has been cancelled. WrestleCon has also been cancelled. This one was a real sad one for me when I heard it. When I heard it, this one was a real sad one for me. NXT TakeOver Tampa Bay has been cancelled due to the coronavirus outbreak, which is a sad day there. Because NXT shows are always, always, always great. I love NXT shows. We don't get many of them, but they are incredible. Like, literally, we don't get many NXT TakeOver shows, but ones, the ones we do get are incredible. Also, there has been... Cancellations of WWE live recordings. WrestleMania is pre-taped and all Raw and SmackDowns 
and don't forget to notice are pre-taped like the old NXT days it's like the old NXT days where they all because NXT used to be pre-taped before it went live on the network NXT will also be going back to being pre-taped for just now it'll be staying on the USA network but it will be for now a pre-taped show as what it used to be And WWE have also confirmed that for both Raw, SmackDown, NXT, and the pre-taped WrestleMania, there will be as little people as possible. So you won't be seeing every single wrestler on the roster every single week. So one one Raw you might see Brock Lesnar, Drew McIntyre, AJ Styles, and Undertaker. The week after that you could see Alexa, Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens. You know, Becky Lynch, all those kind of people. You're not going to have every single member of the roster on every single show. You're also not going to have every single referee in the building. There's not going to be all these other wrestlers or anything in the building. And all that kind of stuff. And on the subject point of WWE, I've not seen a confirmation of this yet, but wrestling... Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer News, I feel a very reliable wrestling source, is pointing out that the reason Corey Graves hasn't been on commentary recently is he's at home self-isolating because Carmella has coronavirus. Which could be believable. So he's at home self-isolating because of that. And Bobby Lashley, who has brought out his match with, at WrestleMania with... Alistair Black at the home shelf isolating apparently due to coronavirus reasons. Maybe we won't have the same, but that's apparently what Dave Meltzer's pointing out. The two of them are at home self isolating. Next up on our list, I want to talk about all the other effects coronavirus has had on all of us in recent times. One of the things that was supposed to happen. That now isn't is TwitchCon in Amsterdam was cancelled for this year. Also, Scottish football season finished early due to coronavirus. The Premier League season finished early due to coronavirus. They did the same in Spain and Italy with their football leagues. They finished seasons early due to coronavirus. The F1 season finished early due to coronavirus as well but they are planning to finish the season off via some live streams on the F1 YouTube channel with only F1 drivers this is kind of the funniest thing ever with all the F1 drivers at home and they're going to finish the season off in F1 2020 the video game it's kind of odd Kind of odd, but kind of fun at the same time. It's like they're going to use a video game to decide who wins the season this year due to coronavirus. Also, here's a sad point. As well, here's a sad point about E3. For the first time since E3 was created, E3 has been cancelled. 
due to the coronavirus outbreak, E3 and EA Play will not be happening this year. Which is kind of a sad thing, because I want to learn to both EA Play and E3 this year. Like I do, like I have done every year for the past three years. But E3, it's not happening this year. People at E3 have announced that it won't be happening this year, but they will be back next year for more. Because this year they said it's a bit of a risk and they don't want to do it. Due to anything going down. Like, because they can't have multiple people gathering because they didn't see the point in E3. There are some companies who have announced that they're doing stuff. Microsoft have announced that they are going to be doing their own thing at the Microsoft Theatre just across the road from the Los Angeles Convention Center. They're going to be doing their own thing. There's going to be nobody in the building, just going to be some Microsoft team and stuff like that. They're going to talk about stuff and they're going to live stream it all because they still want to go and they still want to talk about stuff like the Xbox One X and all that kind of stuff. Nintendo haven't said what they're doing yet and I don't know what they're doing because they plan on going to E3 this year and Nintendo only ever plan on going to E3 when they've got something to talk about. What they're talking about this year, I don't know. Because if they've got just games to reveal, they don't usually go there just like, eh, we can pre-record it and then put it out on a Tuesday like usual. But if we've actually got something to talk about, then we will go and hold a live conference and eh, talk about, I don't know what they're going to do now. Maybe we'll just pre-record a direct or something, I don't know. Ubisoft have announced that they are doing something. They haven't said what they're doing, but they said they've got plans. All I'm saying, Ubisoft, all I'm saying, I'm not ranting, but all I'm saying is your plans better involve Aisha Tyler. If they do not involve Aisha Tyler, then I will be ranting. Because whatever you do, every single E3 from now on, and any time E3 gets cancelled between now and the end of existence, until Aisha Tyler dies, you'll use her. Because she is great. Her enthusiasm and everything is wonderful. Like, her enthusiasm at E3 last year from Watch Dogs Legion was incredible. Absolutely incredible. She has great enthusiasm for everything. I love her enthusiasm. I need her for everything. So whatever you plan on doing, use Aisha Tyler. Tyler, thank you. But yeah, that is a very... Back to the points of it, very big thing. The E3 got cancelled, like first time in 24 years. The E3 has been cancelled. Like E3 has never been cancelled in its life. It really, really hasn't. Like that's never happened. Like you've never had a cancelled E3 ever. Ever, 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 ever had a cancelled E3. It's never happened. What's this? Bethesda's cancelled their digital showcase. I think, I, okay. 
No one's really going to miss that, are they? Nobody's really going to miss the Bethesda Showcase. I'm just looking up there to see who else who was going to E3 has done anything. Bethesda has now cancelled their digital showcase. But who's really going to miss it? Who's really going to miss the Bethesda Showcase? And what are they going to talk about? Fallout 76 endlessly? Another form of Fallout 4 again? Like we got last year? When we got the announcement of a Fallout 76 DLC, Fallout 76 Battle Royale, the fall, and then Skyrim for Alexa, because Skyrim is on everything at this point. I think the only thing Skyrim's not on is your phone. Maybe the maybe the one else out this year to be like, Skyrim. iOS edition. Android edition. Skyrim. Google Home edition. Or something. I don't know. Hey. Maybe they want to choose a new Skyrim 2. You never know. Maybe that's what they could have done, but they're not doing one this year. But nobody's really going to miss it. Because, to be honest, Bethesda, ever since Fallout 4, they revealed that, and that showcase was pretty good. But every year since then, every Bethesda thing has been like, if you've missed it, who really cared? Nobody really gave a flying monkey's bottom. Because they never talked about anything exciting, they never did anything exciting. What they were doing was just boring. It just bored me. I had no interest. I still don't have an interest in Bethesda. Like, I used to really like Bethesda, and there's some Bethesda games I think are great, like Skyrim is amazing. Fallout 4 is wonderful. But a lot of the stuff Bethesda's put out recently is making me hate them. And I don't want to hate Bethesda, because Bethesda gave me so much good stuff, but everything they put out recently is making me hate them. So, don't honestly think they're going to be missed. Like, even if they skip D3 next year, nobody would miss them. Nobody probably even know they were there. Like, you probably wouldn't even know that they weren't there if they skipped these but next year, to be honest. But yeah, that's that, basically. E3 got cancelled. Something Quarrel and I were planning to go to this year, but now we can't. So, thank you, coronavirus, for taking over the world.
we're going to end the podcast talking on some good stuff. We're going to talk about AEW Revolution and we're going to talk about Elimination Chamber. But just before I do that, I want to let you know the stuff I'm doing to kind of keep you entertained during these times. You may have noticed to join this podcast. We had the WrestleMania 36 theme and the DuckTales theme. For those of you on all podcast sites. And of course, those of you on Anchor, you will have noticed that you had those two. But you also had Sasha Banks' new theme, the Sky's Limit remix, and the Animal Crossing New Horizons theme. Just to make it to keep this podcast different, a bit more interesting, and on a subject of a little bit different and a little bit more interesting, I am doing more Twitch streams than I used to. In a vague attempt to keep people entertained during these trying times. So if you want to follow me on Twitch, simply head on over to twitch.tv forward slash steelgaming2341. And right now, as our current standpoint, we're in the middle of a channel rebrand, so to speak. We're in the middle, so to speak, of rebranding the channel, as it were. I haven't finished it. I'm still in the middle of doing it, but I have done stuff like there's new emotes that are going out, new sub badges that are going out. There's going to be lots of new stuff coming out for the Twitch channel. One of the things that are also going to be coming out for the Twitch channel is going to be new follower emotes and new follower things. When someone follows, there'll be a new thing that comes up with it. And I thought it would be a nice fun idea to show that off on here. So if you want to go on over and subscribe to me on Twitch, then you'll be able to. Go subscribe to me on Twitch and join them what I do there. And this is the little teaser I'm going to give you. If you choose to sub to me on Twitch, you'll get this. to annoy you, you'll get the LEA intro meme. And you also get a nice little dog, which is actually one of the emotes. That's actually one of the emotes. One of the emotes is also the sub thing. If you also choose to subscribe to me with Prime, you'll hear this. There's your prime sub sound. This is your follow. A new follower. A new follower. There's your follow sound. Your whole sound.
is this? Yeah, whose sound is this? Your right sound is this. If you choose to donate to me on Twitch, you get this. There you go. And if you choose to give me some Twitch bits, you get this lovely little thing that comes on. Here comes the money. You get the Shane McMahon theme. So if you haven't already, head on over and subscribe to my Twitch channel or follow it if you don't want to spend the money. You don't have to subscribe if you don't want to spend the money. Subscribing, you don't have to. You can just follow it. That is twitch.tv forward slash steelgaming two three four one. So, a few days before my girlfriend and I went on holiday, AEW did AEW a revolution. And I wanted to just very quickly go through that show and also go through Elimination Chamber talking about what I thought of them. On the AEW Revolution buy-in, we had Dark Order taking on SCU. I thought it was a very good triple threat tag team match. Very nice. Very good. Don't think it was the best match in the card. I'll get to what the best match of the card was eventually, but it was still a very good match. I didn't really have any issues with it. The Dark Order defeated SCU. The match was pretty decent. I mean, you wouldn't have expected too much, but unlike the buy-in, it's like pre-show. But it was very good. It was very decent. Dustin Rhodes took on Jake Hager, which ended via referee stoppage. I thought the match was very, very good. The finish was kind of interesting. I thought the match was pretty good. The finish was interesting. Because the referee kind of stopped it and was like, whoa, okay, stop this. Because Jake Hager was cleaning up, beating up Dustin too much. The referee felt like he needed to stop it. I was alright with it, but I think they maybe could have done something else. Like had a legitimate pinfall or something. Like maybe the ref could have said just pin him and end it as opposed to having stoppage. The match itself was very decent. I think the ending was just a bit odd. It was a good match. I just had a few issues with the ending. Darby Allen took on Sammy Guevara. And Darby Allen did get the win in that match. But I need to tell you something. That match was very good. There was no stipulation to that match. That match was a basic 
one-on-one -on -one match. That was a basic one-on-one -on -one match. But what Darby Allen and Sami Guevara went out and did is they went out and they proved that you don't need a stipulation to make a match entertaining. They put on one of the greatest matches I've seen in quite a while, and that was a regular one-on-one -on -one straight up singles match. And I think that's what those two are very good at. Like anyone they fight, they always put on good matches with them because they go out and they prove that matches don't need stipulations to be exciting. They don't need stipulations to be interesting. They're just outright good. They're just good without a stipulation. That's what they are. You don't need a stipulation for a match to be interesting. The tag team title match between Kenny Omega, Hangman Page and the Young Bucks. I need to tell you exactly what I thought of that. That was quite possibly one of the greatest tag team matches I have seen all year. Now I know we're not far into the year. We're not that far into the year, but out of all the tag team matches I've seen so far, that is right up there with one of the best, and quite possibly one of the best even of last the last two years, probably. Hangman Page and Kenny Omega defeat the Young Bucks to retain the AEW Tag Team Championships. But it was so good. It's so good. I know... We're only in April, but I genuinely think that I've got Tag Team Match of the Year candidate already sorted. Unless I can get an even better match, then I think at this point, Tag Team Match of the Year candidate is already there. It was great. Even the crowd were behind it. This match was a single, like, it was just no stipulation to it. But the match was amazing. It lasted for about 30 minutes. I had no issues with that match. It was incredible. It was beautiful. It was wonderful. And it was just 30 minutes of incredible, incredible, incredible tag team wrestling. And I genuinely think that that match could be match tag team match of the year candidate. Chris Stadler versus Nyla Rose for the AEW Women's Championship was also pretty good. Nyla Rose did retain the title in that match and I thought it was decent. The start of the match was a bit off, it was a bit clunky. Like the first five, ten minutes of the match was very clunky. Like very, very clunky. But it did start to get a bit better and they started to get a bit more into it. And I don't think it was a great match, but it was certainly not a horrible match. I thought it was decent enough. And like I said as well about Nyla Rose, she's great. She goes out and she looks like a star every single time she competes in a ring. She's incredible at what she does. She really is. Cody took on Maxwell Jacob Fridman. And, um, which, if you're not aware who that is, that is MJF. I just used his forename. 
I have to say, MGF did get the win, but I have to say, the build-up to this match was incredible. The build-up to this match was incredible, had the most incredible build-up of possibly all the matches on the card. But for me, it didn't live up to the hype. It wasn't great. Build-up wise, it wasn't great. Orange Cassidy versus Pack was the next match on the AEW Evolution card. And going into it, I thought, hmm, I'm not really going to enjoy this match, am I? But it was a pleasant surprise. Very pleasant surprise. Now, I know both wrestlers are very good, but I just didn't necessarily think that they would have this sort of in-ring chemistry. But they really did. They have a great work together. They work so well together. And I thought it was very, very good. I genuinely thought it was really good. It kind of was unexpected as well, because going into this, the build-up wasn't great. There was not a lot of great build, and I thought, hmm. This match ain't going to be great. But it was. It was a very nice surprise. It was a nice change. It was different. It was a nice surprise to actually see a match we better than I expected it to be. And the main event saw John Moxley take on Chris Jericho for the AEW World Championship. And... <laughs> First of all, Moxley defeated Jericho to win the AEW World Championship. But it was just so, so good. It was great. There was loads of dramatic near falls. There was great moves. And near the end as well, Moxley took the eye patch off and was like, shouts at Jericho and goes, never really had an eye injury yet. Fall? He did use another word, but I'm not going to use that word. He used the F word. He used F in fall. And it was just great. Everything about this was just wonderful. I had no issues with this match. There was no issues with this match at all. This match was incredible. This match was great. And this is probably the best match Jericho's had in AEW since it was created. Because his first AEW title match against Kenya Omega Although it was very good, and although it was very great, I'd almost technically already seen that beforehand. I hadn't seen... Technically, I'd seen Dean Ambrose versus Jericho, but that was in, like, this area where Dean was told, do this move, then do that move here, do this move here. It did seem, and it has seemed like ever since joining AEW, John Moxley has had a lot more creative freedom to do what he wants to do than he did in WWE with Dean Ambrose, which I think is very nice. And that match was incredible. It was so good. It was possibly one of Jericho's greatest singles matches in AEW. It was just such, such, such a good match. Very, very, very enjoyable, and I loved every minute of it. The final thing I want to talk about in this podcast was the most predictable thing you can ask for, and that is Elimination Chamber 2020. Seriously, this happened whilst my girlfriend and I were actually on holiday and we watched it in our hotel room, but it was the most predictable thing I've ever seen in my life. 
It literally was most predictable. The pre-show, Viking Raiders, Squash Kerr Hawkins and Zack Ryder. This match was made on the day of the show. I legit forgot Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder even existed because they've not been around in ages. They hadn't even been around since then. They just got squashed. Daniel Bryan defeated Drew Gulak by submission in what was actually pretty damn good match. Very good match, actually. Those two are very good. Andrade defeated Humberto Carlito to retain the United States title. It was kind of just like, it wasn't great. Considering both men involved in a match, Humberto Carlito and Andrade, I thought it was just alright. It was okay. I didn't think it was great. It was okay. But if you missed the match, nobody would have really cared. It wouldn't have mattered because it wasn't that great. On the subject, but on the subject of matches that were great, however, was the SmackDown Tag Team Championship Elimination Chamber match. I had no issues with this match. I thought this match was incredible. I thought this match was great. And I loved every second of it. And by the end of it, John Morrison and The Miz came out as your new Tag Team Champions. And I really loved that match. I had no issues. And it was just great to see Kofi Kingston diving from the top of the Elimination Chamber pod on top of everybody. <laughs> Kofi's great for that. He really is. There was, there was only really one match on this card that actually wasn't predictable, which was the notice qualification match between Alistair Black and AJ Styles. Because AJ Styles lost to Alistair Black. And going into that match, I'd said, oh, Alistair Black's going to have to get buried and lose here. Because you want AJ to look strong going into the Undertaker at Mania. But apparently he didn't lose. But apparently no. AJ lost. Alistair Black won. Didn't think it was a great no-DQ match. Because they didn't do a lot no-DQ stuff. It was alright. But there wasn't a lot of no-DQ stuff. I think the most no-DQ stuff we got was the involvement of the OC, Luke Dawson, Carl Anderson. But apart from that, it wasn't that great. Street Profits defeated Seth Rollins and Murphy. I was about to call him Buddy Murphy, but he's become cursed to that main roster name shortage. I thought the match was alright. It wasn't great, but it was good enough that it could survive and... I just love seeing the Street Profits flip around. Especially Montez Ford. Because I look at him and I think, for the size that you are, you should not be doing the stuff that you do. But he does, and he's incredible. I was kind of going into this match predicting this to happen, but I didn't predict it in the way that it did happen. Because we had a triple thrill handicap match. Sami Zayn, Cesaro, and Shinsuke Nakamura were taking on Braun Strowman for the Intercontinental title. But I sort of predicted it as either Cesaro or Shinsuke was going to win the title. But neither of them did. Sami Zayn won the title. And I didn't even realise this at the time. But legitimately, that was Sami Zayn's first ever main roster title win. Like, that's insane. That's mad. That's crazy. That's insane. Like, how Sami Zayn has never won. A title in his, in his life on WWE. It's insane to think of that. 
But when it comes to predictable matches, you look no further than the main event, don't you? It was pretty much obvious that the women's elimination chamber match was going to be won by Shayna Baszler. And honestly, it was. But I just don't think it was very good match-wise. Like, maybe you could have, WWE could have done something a bit more creative with the match. Like, they could have still had Shayna win the match, but make it look like she wasn't going to. She legit just pinned everybody in that match. Every other person in that match was all pinned by Shayna Baszler. She went into that match and she squashed everybody. And nobody got a single pinfall on her. If maybe she got all the pinfalls in the match, but also kind of got and squashed everybody, but also had some pinfalls in there for herself, so it didn't look as believable that she was just going to be the one, the only one by herself. I think it would have been a little bit better. But really, it just wasn't good at all. I just didn't like it at all. Like, <laughs> it was just horrific. It really was just horrific. Because, basically, Shayna went into the match, just started at number one, that's what number she did. Started at number one, came in, destroyed everybody, pinned everybody, didn't even get a single pinfall or submission on herself. Also, that was weird as well. She was either pinning or submitting everybody, but mostly pinning as opposed to submitting, which was weird. But, like, there were so many other things you could have done. Like, maybe Natalia could have got a few pinfalls in, Liv Morgan could have got a few pinfalls in. Oscar could have got a few pinfalls in. You could have got a few pinfalls in with Ruby Riot or Sarah Logan. Like you could have done something there. Like maybe if all the right old old members of the Riot Squad had eliminated each other, then that could have meant something else. And that could have gone somewhere or something. Like Liv Morgan maybe eliminated Ruby Riot or if one member of the Riot Squad eliminated all the other members of the old Riot Squad, that would have been a little bit better than just having Shane of Azel eliminate everybody. That genuinely would have been a little bit better than having Shayna eliminate everybody. It really would have. But hey, I didn't make the match. I did not make that match. I just thought it was so horribly bad. The way it was done was not great. You could have done so much more. Like, you could have had members of the Riot Squad eliminate members of the Riot Squad. But you didn't. You just had Shayna Baszler eliminate everybody. You could have had somebody get a pinfall in on Shayna Baszler. But you didn't. You just had, you just had it sitting there where Shayna Baszler just beat everybody and made it look like everyone in that match was nothing. Which none of them are. All of the people in that match were very talented female wrestlers. But the way it looked, and if you were just someone that was flicking through the network or just came across this on the network, you would have just looked at it and thought, oh, all these wrestlers are bad. All these wrestlers are terrible. The only good wrestler on the card is Shayna Baszler. It was just a horrible, horrible match. And as a pay-per-view, it wasn't very good at all. Because it was just so predictable. You knew what was going to happen. And the only real match on that card that I had any interest in and I got enjoyment out of was probably the SmackDown Tag Team Title Elimination Chamber match. 
and Daniel Bryan versus Drew Gulak. Every other match I was not interested in. I had no interest in. Which, honestly, I hate saying because when they first announced AJ Styles versus Alistair Black, I thought, now that's a match I'm excited to see, but it just didn't live up to what it could have done for me. It just wasn't there. It just didn't do what I thought it would have done for me. I just didn't think it was very good at all. It was not great. It was kind of bad. It was The entire pay-per-view was bad, to be honest. It just was. It was one of the worst pay-per-views WWE's put out in a long time. It really was one of the worst things they've ever put out in such a long time long time. It was horrible. And that is going to do it for this coronavirus special. Here on Australia's podcast next week will be another special here on the podcast. It will be a new WrestleMania 36 special. We will be talking about WrestleMania Night 1 and WrestleMania Night 2 which emanated this year from the WWE Performance Center in Orlando, Florida, and we're giving you a book to review. We're a book to review. We're also going to be giving you a book of matches, and we're going to be able to explain what a bone you have and a five-star bone you have done. Maybe. I don't know. Because at this point, I still don't know what either of those matches are. But thank you very much for joining me this week. I'll see you next week for the Russell Mania Specials.